by the way, I say that all to say that like exams don't mean anything in real life, right? They do not mean anything in real life. And, I, and I'm the example of that I failed MPT my first attempt, my GRE, I had to take it multiple times. My grade point average wasn't what it was. And guess what, with all that being said, I still was able to open up a clinic right out after PT school and, and have success while doing while doing it because I understood the material and cared about people enough to want to get them better. So, but you have to do those things to get to PT school. Hey, what is up? Welcome to the Pre-PT Grind Podcast, where we help you get into physical therapy school without wasting time or money. Our goal with these episodes is to give you clarity, confidence, and control over your ability to get into your dream schools as a future physical therapist. So if that's you, you are on the right podcast. And if you enjoy this episode and other episodes, be sure to share them out with other friends, other Pre-PT friends who you believe would value every single episode. We're here to help you get one step closer to your dream. And before we start this episode, we want to give you access to some of our best resources to help you get accepted into PT school despite having low GPAs, previous rejections, GRE struggles, and more. So go to www.ptschoolacceptance.com and we will take care of you from there. Have a blast listening to this particular episode. And if you enjoy it, be sure to share it out with other friends who you believe would value it as well. Hey, what is up, y'all? How you guys doing? Hope you're having an absolutely amazing, amazing, amazing day. Welcome to the Pre-PT Grind Podcast. I was literally joking about this right before this episode where I was saying that I haven't actually done an actual interview for this podcast in probably like two years. Uh, and so, uh, which shows you that if I'm hopping on here to do an interview, it's going to be a special one. And so, uh, super excited for it. For those of y'all that are listening to this a podcast and you've never uh, heard our episodes before, we got hundreds of them. So just like binge on them. But primarily what we do uh, is we help students get into physical therapy school without wasting time or money. Uh, and then once they get into school, we help them uh, figure out how to pay their way through school and graduate without debt. So if that's you, you in the right place. And so uh, my, my name is Joseph Googie, by the way, I'm a physical therapist. And today I have uh, none other than Dr. Coach Kevin Melendez, um, who is an absolutely amazing, amazing individual who uh, we got to link up in person earlier this year. And recently we were talking about some of the stuff that he's currently doing. And even though uh, he is no longer a student, like many of you, some of the stuff that he has done is absolutely out of this world based off of what we were all taught as students. And so this episode is not only going to inspire y'all, uh, but it'll help you guys dream so much bigger than uh, what school has taught us to do. So Coach Kev, Dr. Kev, man, how you feeling, brother? <laughs> a dream come true moment, honestly, like you said, it, it, I, you know, I'd be lying if I said I, I was not that far, you know, removed from PT school and like definitely, you know, not that far removed away from getting into PT school. So uh, it's kind of a dream come true because you guys actually, you know, inspired a lot of people. So to be on this platform is like, you know, I got to pinch myself. So it's awesome. <laughs> Man, bro, it's an honor for me. It's an honor for me. And I'm excited about where this conversation is going to go. So uh, let's dive in, man. It's, it's like the, the, it's like what what I want y'all to do, y'all that are listening right now, just if you're driving, this might be an episode that you'll probably want to listen to again. I can already tell you that. Um, and if you are somewhere where you can take notes, uh, you might want to do so because this is just going to be shifting a lot of your uh, perspectives as a student and as a future clinician. So uh, let's start from the beginning, though, because a lot of the people that are listening are students. Um, mm -hmm. So one of the key questions that I always want to know is what led you towards physical therapy? Why why PT? Where where did that desire originate for you? 
So it's a typical story, kind of like it's that. So I got injured a couple times. Um, I know I've, I've explained a little bit. When I was 14 was my was the first time I got injured. I, I dislocated my shoulder, uh, got shoulder surgery. And then I, uh, so I did PT for that. It was the first time I was exposed to it. Um, and then I fell in love with it then, but it was more of like a, oh, this is cool. You know, that's when you start taking your exams in school. That's like, what can you become kind of deal? And, and then uh, at 16 was when I really had like a really bad injury. Like my, I, injured, I injured my back really, 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 really bad. Um, I've always been a, uh, I've always been a goer. Like I'm a, I'm a goer. I go, 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 go. And that back injury actually forced me to stop. And, um, and when that happened, I, I spent a lot of time in PT. And that's when I fell in love with the craft. And I built a relationship with my PT. Like, she, I, I was looking forward to telling her any kind of progress or anything that like was going well. And like, because of that experience um, and me getting better uh, led me to go, wait a minute, I, I, I really want to do this. So at 16 years, old, actually I started at 14 was when I started doing observation hours. And I didn't even know I was doing it. I was just, I was just like, Hey mom, can you drop me off on like Tuesday and Thursday to kind of, you know, and, and that's where kind of the love started with PT. Oh, wow, wow, wow. I absolutely love it. Uh, the reason why I like to ask that question is because uh, for a lot of the students that are listening right now, um, it, it's it, it's not easy, right? And we're about to talk about some of the challenges that you had. Um, but as a student, I, I think it's important to recognize that we all have our challenges. Uh, mm -hmm. But when we feel like we're hitting a wall, one of the first things we need to do is go back to why in the world am I doing this to begin with? Because I think that's oh, where you man. channel most of your um like belief, most of the uh, the the uh, the engine that drives you at your lowest. So you're like, you know what? Like, if I give up on this, wait a mm -hmm. minute. Oh crap! Like, I wanted to do it since I was, you know, 14. I remember shadowing mm -hmm. as you know, as a 14 year old. You've had quite a few injuries. So for you, it's like, okay, mm -hmm. I had my injuries. I know what that felt like to be a patient. Um, I know what oh, it yeah. felt like to even. I, I mean, part of your story too, and I, you didn't even touch on it, is the fact that when you like locked in on PT, you basically mm -hmm. had to choose between going down the PT route or yeah, going down this path of like being an athlete, being a basketball yeah. player, potentially having some solid scholarships that would have allowed you to play yeah. at the collegiate level. Would you mind telling us a little mm -hmm. bit about that prior to us diving into some of the obstacles that you had as a student? So being injured, you know, I definitely, so I play, play ball for sure. That was, that's my main thing. Um, I spent a lot of time doing it. I, it was very frustrating though. I remember being like, I'm working so hard, but why don't I feel good? Like, I remember asking me that every morning. I was like, why am I always in pain? I'm working my butt off, right? And uh, I, oh, I just kept, like, there's got to be an answer to this. But in where I live, for whatever reason, mind you, I live in, a, I live in Orlando, Florida. It's, like a, it's not a small city. So it was like, why can't I even find this answer? Like, there weren't podcasts then. There wasn't, you know, YouTube videos. Like, there weren't people like yourself that, like, that, that are, had this content. There really wasn't. And, but... So the result of that was me being injured. And, um, but once I recovered from my back injury from PT, uh, I played my senior year, play, you know, AAU circuit, um, was fortunate enough to get a couple like uh, division two uh, scholarships and division three opportunities. And at that point, I really sat down with my family and they were like, hey, you're kind of, you know, I don't think you have to go that route of, you know, playing sports to do what you want to do. And cause they knew they're like, Kevin, you're, you're starting to spend a lot more time just learning about the body than uh than than like the actual sport of basketball and so that's when i realized you know what I, i'm tired of being injured uh 
putting my body through it. So let me just focus on my brain this time around. And that's when I made a decision to go, you know, full focus on. So, but, but, you know, the interesting thing about that is the, I always say like the biggest blessing that for whatever reason I've, I've had is that I knew what I wanted to do really early. And that's never changed since I was 14, right? That's probably the biggest blessing. So I knew I had a lot more time to figure out, okay, well, what do I actually need to do to, because there wasn't so much content like yours out there at where, so it's like, what do I need to do? How do I reverse engineer? And I had a lot more time to figure out those answers. And whereas now, you know, if you figure it, if you find it out at 20, you know, soft freshman year or sophomore year, that has to kind of speed up a lot more, figure out what the heck you have to do. Got it, man. Wow, wow, wow. So, so quick question. I know this is one of those, like you said something and I thought of another yeah. question, which I'm super curious about. So for someone like for you, you obviously were in a position where you had uh, locked in on the career that you wanted to do pretty early on, right? Which made it, you know, making certain decisions easier, right? Because you mm -hmm. already knew. Um, what about for students that like the ones that you just said that might not necessarily know or find out later, what are some of the things just from the way you kind of observed physical therapy or decided that this was the career that you wanted to go down? Like, like what are some things that you could at least give as tips um, to someone that is like, yo, I, I still have no idea what I want to do. Is PT what I want to do? Is something else what I want to do? What are some, some tools that you used to kind of make that decision? Um, let's, mm -hmm. let's kind of see where this goes. I love this. Uh, I truly believe self-awareness is a superpower. Like I, I truly believe. So the more self-aware, which, you know, takes vulnerability and learning yourself and understanding like, where do you need to get better at? What do you enjoy doing? And it's like the constant process of like, you know, uh, what am I good at? What am I bad at? What do I enjoy? And like answering those questions are actually kind of difficult when you force yourself to really like even write it down. And so to answer that question directly, it's like, go observe things like go do observation hours not just in pt but like go you know go see what it's like to be a nurse for a day you know go see what it's like to do occupational therapy or speech therapy or uh, a surgeon like go see what their day-to-day -day is and and you'll learn really quick like oh no no i don't actually like even though i wanted to be pt since 14 i did exactly that i wanted to make sure if i'm gonna spend my rest of my life doing that so i i spent so many days looking i worked in an optometrist office for four years you know, because I was like, oh, okay, is this really something? No. So it, that's what I would say. Spend time in other fields, like an absorbent amount of time, not one day, you know, not two days, like do, do a couple, you know, do a week and see what that feels like. That's such a good answer. That's such a good answer. Exposure, exposure, mm -hmm. expose the mess out of yourself, whether it's other fields, mm -hmm. whether it's, and even within one field, it's just finding different oh, skills, yeah. right? Because like, it's like, we both know that in any setting you can, uh, you know, shadow someone that is amazing at what they do. And you're like, man, I want to be that. And then you can see someone else literally in the same profession, same specialization. And you're like, no, nah, I don't want to do what they do. And so um, really like expose yourself to as many opportunities as possible, because even with the visit, like, but even with PT, there were certain like clinics that I went to when I was a student. I was like, oh no, I don't know if I want to do this anymore. And then there was <laughs> other clinics where I was like, yo, yeah. This is what y'all do. Y'all get paid to do this. And yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Um, so, so absolutely, absolutely amazing, amazing answers. Now, also, can, can, can go, I add go, a little tidbit? Oh, yeah. What yeah, yeah. Oh, too? bro, it's yours. <laughs> what, what I would also say is like um, understanding that in, the, in college. So, you know, these individuals are in college, uh, you're in the incubator of life, right? So there's this like this weird like phase that you're in where you get to try stuff and use the excuse of, hey, I'm in college, right? 
So you'll be surprised because I had a lot of fear, like asking companies, like, can I come shadow? Like there was a lot of fear involved with that. And like when they said yes, you would feel so happy. If they said no, you wouldn't. But the fact that you're in college, use that. Hey, I'm in college. I want to know what I, I want to know if this is what I want to do. You'll be surprised how many people actually want to help and help figure that out with you and for you. Got it. That's a pro tip right there. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, it's funny. I hadn't even thought of that. <laughs> but uh, but you're 100% correct. Uh, you, you can use, I mean, sure, you can use college for like discounts. I mean, shoot. Yeah. Like, Being be a college student is a hack. But yeah, you're mm -hmm. basically saying like use it as an entryway um, so that mm -hmm. if you're nervous, like talk about it from the standpoint of I'm a student trying to do X, Y, and Z and exactly. open doors for you. I love that. Mm -hmm. I love that. Mm -hmm. So now you chose physical therapy and you're like, all right, this is what I want to do. Um, yeah. Let's lock in. Um, what most of us forget is that there's challenges along the way. And I think I'd already mentioned that earlier in this podcast. What were your biggest challenges? Like, what were the things where now you were like, this is, this is the career path that I am taking on. Um, what were your biggest obstacles first as a pre-PT and then mm. secondly, as a PT student? Because I think those are two uh different groups or two different stages uh, and so mm -hmm. as a pre-pd prior to getting your first acceptance letter what were the biggest obstacles that you faced let's start with that biggest obstacle chemistry is what i would say right no uh so <laughs> so um yeah you know i i caught i got caught up in in probably uh the college life you know i would fair to say so you know my first semester or my first year gpa wasn't everything that it should have been you know, so you kind of play catch up those next uh, couple years. And, and that came with uh, the results of me playing catch up was uh, finally uh, a part. There was a part of life that uh, humbled me and I experienced a, a loss that, you know, in my life that kind of forced me to go, hey, um, you know, you probably you, you need to, that person that, that, that I lost kind of looked at me and the way that that person always looked at me had so much potential. And so I just wanted to to go. Oh, I, I want to become the person that that person saw me, you know? And so at that moment, I made a realization and said, no, let me get back on track and kind of refocus and, and, and uh, get back to this thing that I'm really passionate about. So I had this like, uh, you know, I almost went south, you know, like I, I, I had a college life and, but, but uh, you know, I refocused, reverse engineered, retook classes, you know, my chem one, I got a, you know, I didn't get a great grade. I think I got like a C minus, right? And that has a huge impact on your prerequisites, right? So. Uh, or can, um, and so I retook the class, you know, I aced it, and uh, that was a big hurdle, you know, for sure. Man, that's that's big. Um, so for you, it took a pretty significant uh, loss to kind of steer the ship around, right, and kind of be for like, sure. okay, I, okay, wow, wow, appreciate you sharing that. Um, for those of y'all that are students right now, uh, or at least pre-PTs, the reason why I asked that question is because you're not the only one uh, mm -hmm. you, you really are not. Uh, mm -hmm. Chemistry, shoot, <laughs> I mean, most of us struggle with chemistry. It might be physics for y'all. It might be bio. It might be whatever. But um, if it's academic, if it's whatever your challenge is, and we could mm -hmm. go down the rabbit hole, just understand you're not the only one. And I think yeah. when you can just digest that, then it allows you to say, okay, cool. Like, what did someone like Kevin do? Or what did, what did, what did other people do to kind of you know, pick themselves back up, retake a class, get better than a C minus or whatever. And mm -hmm. so um, you were about to say something else though. I was, I was gonna say, I was gonna say one other thing that I struggled with was with comparing yourself. Like I struggled with that. It was, it was like this, am I good enough? Am I good enough? Am I good enough? And the way that I got over that actually was 
asking other students that were, that were observing what were their statistics. And I always said, I was like, what, what are your stats? Like, and what I meant by that, you know, what's your GPA, what's your prereq GPA, what, what observation hours do you have? And what I realized, it isn't about tearing each other down. It's about saying, oh, wait, where did you get observation hours at? And then they go, I did it here. And then you go, wait, how did you get that opportunity? And then you start working with each other. And then you realize really quick, the ones that are scared or don't tell you their statistics, they that they have their own insecurities that they're worried about the ones that are really about this life and want to help and they're in it for the right reasons are not scared to hey this is what i'm at you know because that means that they're looking for solutions as well and then you guys work together to get there so that's how you build a network of there's still people to this day that um i'll be like yeah we shadowed together you know and like that's a connection that you have when you start building that 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 network of you know and team yeah, i think it's one of these fears that we've all had uh where you know i think until we get to the stage that you're talking about we start to think, well, every person that has an advantage over me is potentially going to take my spot, right? It's almost like everybody's the enemy, right? It's like, mm -hmm. I can't help mm -hmm. you because you are the enemy. And it's what you're talking about is the exact opposite. You're basically saying that I can leverage, like we can leverage each other, right? And it's, yes, it might be leveraging observation hour locations, like what you were talking mm -hmm. about. It might also be leveraging knowledge, like shoot, man. Mm -hmm. Like if you and I were, were like, you know, peers or we were shadowing together or whatnot and you were struggling with chemistry, but I did great in chemistry and yes, I was struggling yes. in physics, but you were great in physics, then we could actually leverage that. And that's actually powerful. And I feel like mm -hmm. many of us weren't taught that because we've just mm -hmm. thought that it's competition and competition means I cannot help other people. But the problem with that is the fact that I'm trying not to help other people, but I'm also not receiving any help. So then yeah. I start to basically lock myself in. I'm comparing myself to everybody else. I'm overwhelmed. I'm in my head. I'm man. Yeah. It just kind of leads to this spiral that uh, really does not serve anybody. And most of the students that isolate themselves, we're starting to see, man, that they're yeah. the ones that struggle the most. So in PT school, by the way, they struggle in PT school. So talk, we'll get to that. Talk, about that. talk about that. Yeah. Before that, I, I would like to say there's two ways you can have a, you can have the tallest building, right? The 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 first way is you can tear somebody's building down and that way you can have, you know, you can have a very, 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 very small building, but it's technically the tallest one. Or you guys just continue to grow the, you know, buildings together. And at some point, even if you're not the tallest, you're both at an absorbent amount of level that's considerably bigger than if you just tear somebody else down. So, you know, that's, that's for real, like life, that's a hundred percent with life. Like, um, they, maybe it's, if we don't realize it or we're not taught that, like, it's not a crab in a barrel kind of situation. There's a lot out there. Um, and then in PT school, Let's talk about the, that. Yeah, the struggle has I, I struggle that I had was was test taking, man. I, I wasn't the best uh test taker. And I had to it goes back to self-awareness. Why, 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 why? And fortunate enough, I had great uh teachers that were like, hey Kev, this doesn't really make any sense. How come you're doing really, really well and everything else, but your tests is just aren't it's just you're not you're not showing the like the knowledge that we know you have. So I had great instructors that were like, hey, let's sit down and actually like read these questions together and, and like where is your mind going? You know, and what really really blew my mind was I had gone like a terrible grade. Like the, the type of grade that like I was fearful whether I was gonna drop out of PT school or not. Right. And um so I had gone, you know, actually I'll be fully transparent and cardio it was a cardio test, I got like a 47, right? Like that's you have to average a 75 and above in my curriculum for exams to be able to, for you to be able to pass that class. If not, you drop out of PT school, right? So I had to average like a B plus from that point on. That teacher was like, hey Kev, I wanna review the exam with you. 
This was like a month later. A month later, she uh, she read the question. I answered it out loud, and uh, so I didn't see the question. So I just I answered it out loud. She said, "If I would have taken that same exact test that way, I would have gone a B on the exam." So it she was like, "Something is not adding up, right? Something's not adding up." Kind of like there's something off about with the way that you're actually taking your exam. And at that point, I, I started learning. Okay, there was a lot of second guessing. There was a lot of you know the test taking strategies. Oh wait, they're not actually trying to like I used to be like, "Oh, they're trying to trick me out," right? Like and and like that's obviously the answer, but that can't be it because it's too obvious. And then not pick it, you know. And so I had to learn that the strategies and really go, okay, let me focus on how to actually, you know, study and prepare and how to take a, a test, knowing that at the end of the day, we have to pass an MPTE that's just a test. So you got to learn how to, you know, take a test. And then, you know, that was a big struggle for me for sure. Wow. 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 Man. Um, can I ask you a question? So, so, yeah. so as someone that struggled with exams, right. And yeah. obviously knowing that it's not knowledge. And I think this is important for students to hear because there are yeah. students that, uh, even at the pre-PT level, struggle with things like the GRE or struggle with, mm-hmm. um, you know, different exams for their prerequisite classes. It's just, it's, it's, it's all challenging exams. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but I think a lot of times we tend to feel like we're not smart, right? It's like, man, mm-hmm. if I can't get the grade I need, I don't think I'm smart enough. And what you were just talking about is the fact that the same exam that you basically failed, right? Um, when it was done verbally, you were able to get potentially a beat, right? Because you, yeah. you actually knew the information. It was just the fact mm-hmm. that whether it was, you know, anxiety or whether it was second guessing mm-hmm. or whatever the, the things were that were actually holding you back on the actual exam, that's mm-hmm. what led to the grade that you had. So for you, my question is for students that are in that position, um, what would you tell them? Like, what, what is the process that they can kind of start using based off of what you experienced to kind of start figuring out how to like start, you know, maybe potentially improving their test taking approach and this is not to coach them necessarily but mm-hmm. like what is just some piece of advice like if if a random pt student or a pre-pt yeah. was like hey man listen bro i'm struggling with the same thing you had what are some things yeah. i could start doing what would you say yeah uh the first thing i would say is and it's gonna sound so silly but i know if there's people like me like go review your exam like I remember literally like if I got a bad grade, I was like, I just don't want to look at it no more. Like it's done, it's done, it's done. Like, but it's like, no, 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 go back and see and 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 have that conversation of like, why did I pick this one? And like review it. That way you build the confidence of going, no, this isn't just something that I've ignored ignored. I actually understand why I got that wrong, why I got that right. You know, it's not just done. And and you build those habits, which will then uh start to force you to be uh more curious of, uh, and just develop better habits of like not having fear with exposure, right? So it's also a numbers game too. Like how, you know, how many questions can you do before you start feeling comfortable, right? So uh, I take more like, you know, the MPT is 50, you know, it's 50 questions. So, you know, just take like these little like mini quizzes every so often that way you get used to what 50 minutes feels like or 50 questions feels like for you, um, especially in a low pressure situation. Because if you're not used to taking 50 questions, even in a low pressure situation, it's going to feel really pressure and really mag, you know, magnet, really mag, whatever, high versus when it actually comes time for a really, really high pressure situation, you're going to not know what to do. So just exposing yourself to a bunch of, a bunch of questions. And I know life is, by the way, I say that all to say that like exams don't mean anything in real life, right? They do not mean anything in real life. And I, and I'm the example that I failed MPT my first attempt, my GRE, I had to take it multiple times. 
My grade point average wasn't what it was. And guess what? With all that being said, I still was able to open up a clinic right out after PT school and, and have success while doing while doing it because I understood the material and cared about people enough to want to get them better. So, but you have to do those things to get to PT school. Man, that's like that's big because I think for I mean, think about it, bro. Like from childhood, we've relied on exams and grades as what defines whether we're good enough and whatnot. And all of a sudden it's like, man, I'm a professional and it really means nothing. I mean, shoot, I'm sure you haven't had a single patient hit you up and say, Hey man, listen, um, so before we've worked together, <laughs> uh, <laughs> what were your grades? What were your I mean, they don't care. They they really do not care. And so that is big. And so for those of y'all that are struggling with tests. Uh, hopefully that helped. Um, and so uh, you alluded to it a little bit. So you you alluded to the fact that um, your your board exam did not go as planned. So uh, could you talk to us about that? Mainly because we might have some PT students that are listening to this um, that mm. are nervous about it, and we tend to think, man, if I don't if I don't pass my board exam, it's the end of the world. You know, it's all all this money that I've put into school or loans. Yeah, uh, you know, it's going to be yeah. put. You know. It's, it's going to be wasted, right? And so, 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 talk us through your experience because you already alluded to the fact that um, when mm. you took the boards the first time, it did not go as planned. So, uh, what happened? How did you come back from that uh, in order to crush it the second time? So, I finished school in May um, at the time, you know, and then you had I had like you have like sixteen weeks until your 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 board exam, and I was like, you know, I'm gonna take a couple weeks off just to kind of refresh, recalibrate. That was great. That was a great idea. I don't I actually, it's actually a great idea. That way, you know, you can get started and, and, and be full focused. Um, but then life happened. So, uh, you know, my, my, my partner at the time was dealing with, she was dealing with like a, a loss of, of, of her family. So I had to, there was a lot of trauma with that. There was just a lot of life stuff, you know, things are moving, you know, moving um, like, uh, I had gone, I had gone COVID like two weeks before the, the actual exam. Uh, and that was when it was like the, like I was out for two weeks, you know, it was like that, that COVID. Um, I had gone like on a like mini trip that like that took away my focus. So there was a lot of like focused things. And whenever I felt like there was actually my moment to, 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 to study, it just wasn't enough time and uh, ability to make and build confidence. Like I, I've said this, I actually said this on, on, on a recent podcast, Greg's podcast, I said, confidence is built when you keep promises to yourself, right? Arrogance is built when you lie to people about the promises that you kept to yourself, right? So at hold that on, point, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. you got to say that one more time for the people. <laughs> I, I don't know if they heard that, especially the second part. Say that one more time. Confidence versus arrogance. What's the difference? Yeah, confidence is when you is built when you keep promises to yourself. Mm -hmm. Arrogance is is when you lie to people about the promises you didn't keep to yourself, and that that's really been important for me. Wow. Right. Yeah. And and so I didn't keep enough promises to myself to be able to have the confidence when it came time to take the NPTE. Right. So and and, and therefore it led me to, to to fail. I tried my best, fail. And um, and at that point, I remember just feeling really I was down in the dumps, like down, as you can think. And what really made me down was not the failure. It was the me feeling like I let my my family down, like my friends down, like all the people that had made so much sacrifice for me not being in their life during my PT years, as much as I would have loved to be. Uh, and, and the best thing they could have, they, they did. And this is where I say that, like, the reason why I'm saying this, because you want to rely on the people that, that love and care about you is because the, what their response was, was the exact opposite of what I expected. Like, I expected them to like, be like, how can you do this? How, you know, like, 
all you had was one job was to pass your MPTE. Like, how dare you? Like, you know, that kind of thing. And as soon as I said it, they were just, all right, what do we got to do to help you to pass the next one? Like, that was their response. And, and once, once they told me that, I was like, oh, I'm good. Like, I'm good. And mind you, this is with being financially, like, not good, right? Like, not good at all. Emotionally, not good. Physically, not good. I had all, nothing was, I, had, I was going through a lot. But the fact that, like, my loved ones at that time were like, hey, what? That's fine. Hey, you failed. That's fine. You can be pissed off. But what do we got to do next to, to get you where you need to go? And that was all I needed. Man. Shoot. You had an amazing support system. Mm -hmm. You had a yeah. phenomenal support system. And, and not everyone has that. Um, and mm -hmm. so, so, but, but for those of y'all that, that are listening to this, if you don't have one, please start building one. Start um, building one. Mm -hmm. Start building one uh, wherever you're at in your journey. Because in those moments, man, it's probably the best thing you could have heard. Because you were... I, you might have been beating yourself up too because mm. you know life had happened right but you were still like crap you know like this is not what i wanted to happen you're also fearing that now because of the situation you were in obviously you're done with school you in debt all the different things but now you have people that are close to you and you're like yo this is what happened and they're like all right cool like how do we support you how do we make sure that this next time uh things mm -hmm. go well and um it obviously did right and so um, you're, you're obviously a licensed clinician today uh, because, mm -hmm. uh, be, be because of that, but for those of y'all listening, please, please, please find a support system of people. Yeah. Um, because that's a big deal. Um, can we change the topic a little bit? You, you cool to. with that? So, Love it. so, so I, okay. Getting into PT school is, is stage one. So we've already talked about that. Finishing mm -hmm. school is stage two. Cause obviously once you get into school, you got to finish it. You got to um, finish. <laughs> but I'm remembering a conversation that, um, <laughs> our professors had with our class when we were finishing our last year of PT school. And it lines up perfectly with what you've done right out of school. Um, and this was around the time when I was, you know, learning about Greg Todd and things like that. And so um, my mindset was already changing on what you could do out of school and business and all that stuff. Uh, but, but there's one statement that was made and, and I want us to talk about it because you, you've done the exact opposite where they basically <laughs> said, Hey, listen, um, uh, somebody asked about like, when, when can I open up my own practice? When can I mm. do X, Y, and Z? Right. And so um, the answer that was given to us was 10 years. Ooh. So, so here's why. Hold up, bro. I'm the, ooh, we go, we gonna go down the rabbit <laughs> hole. So, so it was 10 years. And um, this professor said 10 years uh, because you want to have all the experience as if just being a better clinician is what does it anyway. So, so, so 10 years, you got to practice for 10 years. And then after that, you might be good enough is what they said. You might be good enough to open your own practice. Now, at the time, most of us were like, okay, <laughs> because, because we're students and we're scared. I mean, I, I think myself and another classmate were the only ones that were starting to kind of shift the way we thought, but it was just because mm -hmm. of exposure to Greg and uh, mm -hmm. the world that, that you're very uh, you know, familiar with. Um, but but what's happened since is the fact that everything they said was actually false. And there's something <laughs> that Greg actually said earlier this year that blew my mind. And then I wanted to dive into what you've done because you've literally done the opposite of that, right? The idea <laughs> yeah. of opening up a practice less than a year out of school is just to the professors that we had was like, that, that's foolish. Like, like no one's yeah. gonna pay you. You're, you're gonna, yeah. like, like it won't succeed, right? And so Greg actually said this earlier this year and it changed the game for me. He said, the reason why they tell you that is because they want you to get so stuck <laughs> in your jobs or in the cycle of what it is to be a clinician that you actually give up on the dream that you originally had. Yeah. It's, it's really yeah. why. And so, so yeah. what you've done though, is you said, nah, man, screw that. So, so, so tell us, man, like, like what if, like talk to us about the process of 
what you did out of school, opening up a practice out of school. What was that journey like? What were the fears that you had? Um, in order to give the students that are listening to this episode uh, just a glimpse of what's possible, because I know that there's some students that are like, I've never thought about business, but I also know that there's other students that are like, I would actually love to see what it would look like to do something on my own or to actually build my own thing shortly after school or even right after school. Uh, so, so talk to us about that journey and uh, what you would say to other students that are considering doing the same thing when they graduate. Oh man. So it, it goes back to actually, let's go back a little bit to um, why did I pick the curriculum or the program that I did? That's probably the important thing. Um, I knew what I wanted to be. I knew I wanted to open a PT clinic for a while, but I, you know, like you said, you're, I was told the same thing. I was told like five years, 10 years, like, you know, you have to be able to build a reputation of like, and be able to know that you can treat people and this. And I'm like, well, then why am I going to school for it? Like, am I learning? Like I'm supposed to learn anyways. So I learned, I wanted to go to a, I did a hybrid program. And the reason why I did a hybrid program, it's essentially a class and a half less a semester. And it gives you the chance. It gives those individuals a chance to work while going to PT school. Right. Um, I decided to go, okay, well, if that's the case, then I want to be able to continue to be exposed in the PT world. So I was, I was a tech during PT school. So that way it allowed me to practice what I was doing and what I was learning, but it also gave me a chance to learn about business. So without feeling guilty, you know, if you're a full-time student and you have so much on your plate and PT school is hard, it is, and it continues to get harder and harder because there's so many things and responsibilities we have to have. So I chose, okay, well, let me take a class and a half less. And in that class and a half less, I'm going to absorb business. I'm going to understand how, thing, how, how things work from a financial aspect. Like, how, how, how does this work? Um, even with that being said, I still didn't think I could open up a clinic right away, right? No one had really had said that. Like, that wasn't possible. But in my mind, I kept saying, I kept, like, asking myself, like, something doesn't make sense to why I can't. Because the reasons they would say was, well, you're not as good of a clinician, right? That was number one reason. Number two was, like, financial stuff. Well, you haven't made any money. How can you, how can you even open up a clinic? Right. And during my uh, during my rotations, the first answer got, got was answered like that first question was answered answered for me. I was learning a lot from these individuals that were in the field for 20 years. But what I really realized is the only difference between a phenomenal clinician and an average clinician is that they care. That was the only difference. Like, yeah, there's different certifications, blah, blah, blah. But genuinely, the only difference was those who cared more got patients better, right? So when, once that happened, I was like, well, I, all right, well, that, that's kind of a, you know, self-awareness, I, I, I care. Like whether it's, you know, it's a gift and a curse, I care, you know, I care, right? So it's like, okay, well, I can check that off to why I don't, I can open up a clinic, right? Number two is the financial aspect of it. Well, in that case, you go, okay, well, let me learn. There's so many different ways to open up business. Like there's so many different types of business. So if you want to start off with, you're, you're, you just go to people's homes, right? Or you start off with you, which I did, I rented a space out of somebody else's facility, right? But I didn't like the process of uh, patient experience and like the literally from the, when they entered the door to when they're, when they're done with their treatment, I didn't like how that was going because it wasn't under, a lot of it wasn't under my terms, it was under the facility, you know? And so at that point, you know, made a commitment to go, okay, well, let me open up my own brick and mortar and um, figure that out, you know, and it's not as expensive, you know, it, it um, it's not I'm trying to give clarity to open, it's different in so many different areas, but you know, it's people think it's like a hundred thousand or 50,000 or whatever, you know, it's, it's 
it's as you need, really. All you need is a room and a table to start. A room and a table to start. And then you build from there. And then as you go and as you gain money, then you can you can uh you know add stuff. But man. <laughs> yeah, um first of all, um I don't want people to miss what you said. The only difference between um basically a good clinician and a bad clinician is just how much you care. That's it. It's mm -hmm. not uh, and I think that that's so powerful because as a new grad, you come out scared that you don't know enough, uh, scared mm -hmm. that, uh, what do they used to say? They say, you know, I know enough not to hurt anybody. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, there's so, so much fear because it's the first time you're doing something without a clinical instructor and all these different things. But, uh, but, but man, I think it's the, the beauty and understanding that we continue to evolve and grow as clinicians. And I think uh, what you said is it, you know, I wish someone would have told me that, which is just care. If you care, just care. people yeah. will get better. Period. Yeah. <laughs> Period. Yeah. Um, yeah. I will. I will add something though. I, yeah. I do just because I think this is something that I wish would have. Uh, this is why I opened my clinic. Truthfully, this is the premise of why I opened up my clinic. Um, the number one and two uh, things, if you look at most of our clinical practice guidelines, our CPGs, right? The number one thing that you notice that helps clients is patient education, right? And then, num and then, and then, uh, you know, number two, then you can go into the whatever, but, but patient education and patient experience, really like their ability to go. I had a good experience with X, Y, Z determines, and we can even get to the, like the science behind it, right? Like if they're more alert than now their nervous system is, isn't responding as well to certain things and blah, 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 blah. But truthfully, patient experience and patient education is super important to whatever diagnosis we're given. So it's really hard to do that when you have to treat two to three to four patients an hour, right? Because then you can't educate. Maybe somebody's an audio, uh, an audio uh, learner or a visual learner or a tactile learner. You can't spend that time to even get to know whether they are that, right? So when I, I wanted to create a system of care that goes, we can make sure that one thing that they're going to get when they come here is education and experience. And that comes with customer service. It's really hard to provide optimal customer service, no matter what these uh, mill running the mill traditional you know traditional outpatient clinics do it's very hard to do when you have three to four people at a time even two people at a time you know um, and heavy documentation and constantly taking copays and xyz it's like you can't what makes people feel good is that when they come in it's it's their time and when and when they and and during that time you give them your utmost respect and that they enjoy the entire experience even from the uh how, what is the temperature what is the smells what are the like every little detail that you can to provide the experience, because that's not me trying to be bougie or whatever. That is according to evidence-based research, which is what we're known for, right? What we have to kind of stamp our feet on is patient education and client experience is the what catapults the best results. Wow. Wow, 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 wow. Um, but I think we've all experienced something like that. You know, I think, you know, mm -hmm. think of the best experience that you've ever had being cared for anywhere. Um, mm -hmm. You can feel it as a, as a customer or as a patient or as a whatever, right? And I think mm -hmm. um, shifting how we do what we do into that model just changes the experience for the people that you work with. And so, uh, man, that's a big, big deal. And I know that, you know, we've been coached by by Greg, uh, which yeah. for, we could go down the business rabbit hole, but I know that <laughs> this is for students, right? So um, yeah. I'll say this, and, and if you want to touch on this, feel free to, but I'll mm -hmm. say this business as you know it might not be the best kind of business right and i think when we see clinics we're used to seeing what we typically see which is 
uh, you know, maybe a whole bunch of patients were used to hearing terms like mill. I, I think the stuff mm-hmm. I used to hear as a student. Um, and so it scares you. It, it scares you into thinking, man, it's going to be super, super overwhelming. But uh, one of the biggest things that we've learned is obviously how to do things that are, um, you know, like like solution, like like we're, we're trying to solve a major solution for them, mm-hmm. right? We're, we're trying to yeah. figure out like what's what's the actual outcome that I'm trying to create for people. I'm not just here to collect the copay. I'm not just here to <laughs> get you stronger. It's like, what are you trying to like do, right? And so I think when yeah. you can think that way, you end up not only being able to, you know, get better clients that are more committed, but more importantly, people are actually willing to pay more, right? Because mm. it's it's in what they actually want, you know? And, and so like, it's the same thing, even with what we do, what you do. Um, and if you do that, you're able to provide a higher value. Uh, you're able to get paid more and people stay, right? And so, mm-hmm. so, so even financially, it really allows you to have a very, very profitable business, which is a game changer. And so, um, so, so, so for you, like, tell us a bit, I mean, I don't want them to like get all, you know, like crazy and losing their minds or whatever, because it does take a certain type of model, uh, which yep. you, y'all just have, like, if you want to go down the business path, just find people to guide you that you're like, I want to follow what they have done. Right. I don't yeah. like, like, if you're just listening to just anybody that's opened up a practice, you might be getting advice that'll take you down a path that you might not enjoy. Uh, yeah. But if you really, really want to do this right, listen to people that have done it, but have done it at a level you're like, yo, I want their life. I want their yeah. lifestyle. I want their ability to impact people in the way they do it. Um, I want their freedom. I, I, I want all of that. And so um, yeah. that, that's what we've done in Greg and other coaches that we've had. And so uh, for you, like, what does that turn into? So you you did open up a practice within the first mm-hmm. year out of school, like you were saying. Uh, yeah. What did that turn into? Did it, is it something where you're still doing it for like side hustle money? Is it like, like is oh, it doing wow. fairly well? Like, like where are we at? Because I think we also have beliefs that this also takes an insanely, insanely long time uh, to ever yeah. build up. Remember, we were told five, 10 years is yeah. when we should wait until we have the reputation to mm-hmm. build a practice or a business. So what does that tangibly look like for you so that they can understand, oh, this is real? Yeah, uh, so one thing, it sounds silly, but but it's going to be practical, I hope, because I know it was for me. The most, ex- the biggest expense in a business is salary, right? So that's, I know it sounds silly, but it's not the, it's not the cost of like equipment. It's not the, your rent. It's not like all the stuff that you're trying to do. It is, all right, well, you know, salary. So the first thing understanding is like, what different type of businesses are there? You know, are you a business business, right? In other words, you have, you have a bunch of employees under you or you have employees under you. Uh, are you a lifestyle business, which is, you know, it can be you and somebody else, but like you guys just have a business that is um, used to create or used to uh, produce the lifestyle you want. You know, do you want, you want to work four days a week, five days a week, great, like three days a week, whatever it is you're trying to do. First thing is understanding, okay, now, all right, well, if salary is our most, most, you know, most expensive thing, then how do I get to that point to make whatever X amount of money you want to make? And you have to be self-aware. Again, it goes back to that self-awareness as a superpower. What do you feel comfortable and what do you value as income? Yeah, there's the actual dollar amount you need to be able to pay stuff. And there's also like the time value, right? Uh, which I value very much. Um, so, I, so to answer your question directly, I, I did work part-time while my business was literally getting built up. Like we were, we were building the brick and mortar, you know, we're putting things together, blah, blah, blah. Um, I got my license in October. I worked all the way till my, my office opened May 4th, right? But this is the thing. 
I was still working. So I was probably working about 70, 80 hours a week because I was working for the other company while also working my company for about until July 15th was my last day at that other company. And that was straight up because thankfully, knock on wood, thankfully things were going really well to the point where I was like, I, I don't need both. I actually need the extra time that I was working with the other company to be able to put into this company um, and put into this these clients. And uh, and so that was the timeline, you know, there was about a, uh, so to answer it, you, the more you learn about business, the faster you can, you can, you can get out of having to do the, um, the side hustle thing. Yeah, for sure. Boom. Boom. Game changer. Absolute game changer. Um, and, and if you guys want to hear more about that, that story, um, Greg Todd is our mutual coach. Um, if you guys go to the wealth code secrets podcast, um, mm -hmm. you'll hear more the business side of that journey. Um, and it's absolutely, absolutely amazing. So, so, so if you've enjoyed, if you've enjoyed this episode so far, just go to that podcast. Um, I, I don't know. It's episode some, maybe close to 200. He's got so many 195, episodes. 195. Yeah. 195. All right. Episode yeah. 195 of the Wealth Coach Secrets <laughs> podcast. Go listen to it. It's good. It's absolutely amazing. Yeah. Um, especially if you're interested in that. Um, what are some words of wisdom, man? We'll, we'll wrap it up with this and whatever yeah. you as a student, knowing where you were as a pre-PT, knowing where uh, you were as a PT student, obviously as an, you yeah. know, as a as a PT now with your own business, um, what are some words of wisdom that you would give or some some perspectives that you would give that you wish someone would have given to you at that time? And that's how we'll wrap up the episode. Perfect. I, I'll go, I'll, I'll do all three phases. So uh, pre-PT, I would tell the words of wisdom I would say is um, stay curious. Stay curious, open-minded, stay curious. That is, that is a, another superpower. Like, the more curious you are, the more you're willing to answer to ask questions, but also help others and um, and seeing where that can kind of guide you. So stay curious or and, and continue to do that. Um, during PT school, uh, life on the other side is better. <laughs> life on the other side is better. Um, but uh, and so the actual thing I would say is stay caring, right? Continue to care, continue to care and don't let the. Uh, process of graduating or your internships your, your you know take that away from you you know keep that keep it as much as you can um and then for those who are done uh, uh math is math that would be my words of wisdom and what i mean by that is you know uh you whenever one thing i would have said is like things Things can be better than you ever dreamt of. You know, you just got to expose yourself to to those who are willing to help. You know, and um, so that that would be it. Is like, things can be better than you ever dreamt of. Wow, man, this was dope. This, this was absolutely <laughs> amazing. Um, where where can people find you? So for uh, for anyone that that heard this episode is like, man, I would love to talk to Coach Kev or Doctor <laughs> Kev, um, and, yeah. and ask more questions despite where I'm at in my journey, because there's something that you said that related with them or resonated, mm -hmm. uh, where can they find you? Oh man, really easy. Uh, on Instagram, uh, at Dr. Coach Kev, that's DR Coach Kev. Uh, and, and if anyone's in the Orlando area that would love to just come, out, come check out the facility or anything like that, or has just an idea or wants to continue to, you know, link up, you can reach me there or swishpt.com. Um, but truthfully, man, I'm, I'm open. I know that I, I wish I uh, could ask questions to those who are in it and are doing it. So don't do not hesitate. 
you know, that's that's what I'm I'm an open resource and yeah, I love it. Man, thank you so much for taking time out of your day, man. This was um absolutely phenomenal. And uh shoot, who knows? We might do another one in the future as oh man. As we continue to you know evolve and level up or if we get questions about this episode uh but for those of y'all that are listening what i'll tell you is this just understand that if you're wherever you're at you're not the only one you are not mm-hmm. the only one that's experienced what you're going through right now uh be inspired by other people put yourself around other people that are either going through what you're going through or have already been where you're at leverage them lean into them because the only other option is to quit and if you quit mm-hmm you'll basically never realize everything that you desire. So um, that is it. Hopefully this inspired the mess out of you. Uh, And if you enjoyed this, please just share this out with at least one other or two, no, two other uh, peers that you know would value this. And if you do that, then, you know, everybody is blessed because of it. So um, that's it. Anything else? Yeah. One last thing. Those who are going through through a hard time or whatever, whether it's school, whatever it is, um, just know uh, um, it makes your story better. You know, so that makes your ability to relate to people better. So um, that is a might be hard now will be a blessing later. So it makes your story better. Wow. Wow, man. That was amazing. Y'all appreciate you, brother. Uh, Y'all have an amazing, amazing rest of your day. We'll see you guys on the next episode. Like I said, if y'all enjoy this, please, please share this out uh, and understand that you're always one step closer to everything you desire. As long as you don't pull the plug. Have a blessed one, y'all. Bye. What is up, guys? You've been listening to the Pre-PT Grind podcast, where we don't just help you get into PT school, but our mission is to make you the best physical therapist you can possibly be. And I have a quick question for you. Did you enjoy this episode? And if you did, I want to ask a huge favor. See, the biggest thing that helps this podcast grow and that will spread our message of helping pre-PTs get into physical therapy school without wasting time and money is if you rate, review, and subscribe to the Pre-PT Grind podcast. What this basically does is tell the platforms out there that we're on is that you like our stuff, that we're doing something right, and that we're bringing value to you all, our audience. So if you could take about three seconds out of your day to rate, review, and subscribe to the Pre-PT Grind podcast and tell your friends about Pre-PT Grind, we would be forever, forever grateful to all of you. So thank you again for listening to another episode of the Pre-PT Grind podcast. We will see you on the next one.